for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Let me explain something before we start. The Holy Spirit is like a moving water. And um, as it moves, it's very important that we dive into that point where it affects us. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter what time we're trying to meet. But when it moves, when the Holy Spirit moves, it's important for us to dive in there. And that moment, it does something. You know, we keep talking about experiences all the time. But sometimes experience is not as important as a moment with God. You know, several people experienced Jesus. But there was a moment Peter had with Jesus when he saw him and he said, Master, if you're the one, bid me to come. And Jesus told him, come. That was a moment. He walked, he stepped on that water and he walked on that water with Jesus. So, today we're talking about fun and experiences. I mean, fun and fellowship together. And... Um, as we go along, I believe the Holy Spirit is about to do something in our lives, and he's about to do something quite unique also. And I just trust him to take us through. Let's go to the next slide, please. If we look at that, what can we comment about it? Can somebody tell me what is happening there on the, on the, on the screen? Sorry? The last one is wrong. Three of them are right. Can we see that? Let's go to the next one. You see, that is where we are wired. Sometimes we are focused on the wrong one. You know, the last one was wrong. But we've got, I mean, just give me some praise. I've got three right out of my mathematics there. You know, but the last one was wrong. But that's the way we are wired, and it happens in everything we do. So that... You come to the church, yeah, I like the people, I like the, this, I like that, but you know what? I can't stand that guy that speaks in the pulpit. <laughs> you know? But you see, what God has called us into is a lot more than that, you know? And um, we'll be talking about fun and fellowship together from the perspective of God. And so I would like to start from Genesis. The Bible says, in the beginning, God... I like that place very well. Right from the beginning, it says, in the beginning, God. By the time we keep reading and we get to chapter 3, it tells us the nature of God's relationship with Adam and Eve. And it says in somewhere in verse 8 that in the cool of the evening, God came to the garden. But something had happened before God came into the garden. He called unto Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam said... I saw myself naked, and I have to hide away from you. So that tells me that when we talk about fellowship, God comes to the garden to fellowship with Adam and Eve. That was where he started. Now, the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. So if we want to now look back to the Greek meaning of koinonia, we're talking about somebody having shared something 
having a share in something or sharing with something, someone in something, and you could say participation with someone in something. So it's like you're doing something with someone, you know, and um, is a way of sharing in common. Fellowship means sharing in common or sharing together. The idea that we're so much defiled with sin and God called us to come and share in his fellowship is an awesome one, isn't it? You know, because the Bible says, you who were dead in sin, he has called to become part and parcel of his kingdom. That, you see, I mean, that's what the Bible says. It says, you were dead in sin. And uh, two weeks ago, when, um, when um, uh, Richard was preaching, he told us about the Acts chapter 2 church in verse 42. And the Bible says they continue in fellowship. I think I got it there. Yeah. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. And that was the early church. And I will tell you something. Um, the Bible says they sold all they had and said that nobody owned anything again. But that was the life then. If I tell Nick, Nick, go and sell everything you have and come to this church so that we can be living together right here, he will tell me, Leke, you're going bonkers. But that was the early church. They sold everything they had. In today's context, we're not selling everything we have. Rather, we're called to partake, to share together, to have that common Mind, that common relationship. Now, when we look at that common relationship, we'll track it down to a number of things. If you look at the way Paul saw fellowshipping, you know, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that he may know Christ and the power of his resurrection, becoming like him in his death. When we look at 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, the Bible says, look, do not not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with, with darkness. And to be, to, be honest, to be honest with us, I mean, let's just put it point blank. Really, what partnership do we have with unbelievers? So that when we now begin to share fellowship with unbelievers, what partnership is it? I keep saying this, their fear is not our fear. The fear of the world is not the fear that we have. We have the fear of God. And the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The psalmist says in Psalm 34 verse 11, he says, come little children, let me teach you the fear of God. Whosoever love life and many days, come, let me teach you the fear of God. That is where life is. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. So that being in fellowship, in relationship with the body of believers, sharing something in common with the people of God is not just, um, is not just something that developed out of nowhere. It's from the faithfulness of God. It says, God is faithful by whom we were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. So that when you became born again, you have been called into the fellowship of his son. That fellowship is about sharing something in common with believers. Sharing something, sharing together with believers. So if I ask you, um, when last did you actually sit down with a fellow believer and just sit down to have fellowships together? The question is, what are we fellowshipping on? When last did you, I mean, I, mean, I, I do this all the time with some of my friends. We have like 10 of us that we go together on holiday. We travel together on holiday, about 10 of us. I mean, we, we, we leave our wives at home, just the boys. We go together on holiday together. They are all believers, some of them. But you see, from those meetings, those holidays that we go, there are some truths that got ingrained into me. And I, I'm sure it got ingrained into them. The first truth is, look, no matter what happens, I will never divorce my wife. It's settled. If she says she wants to go, I will start begging her, don't go. Because I've discussed with my friends, and one day we were just we're somewhere in Spain, and we were discussing about how our wives behave. And what we noticed, and this is true, what we noticed was my wife and their wives they behave in similar ways. And what that told me was, if I leave this one, the one I'm going to pick next is exactly the same thing. <laughs> so why will I just keep going in the same circle? But, I mean, it was out of our fellowshipping together. You know, there was a day where at the, at the, at the pool, um, one of the, we're somewhere in, uh, I can't remember where, which country we were in at that time. And when we were swimming and playing, and a lady came to us and said, look, where are you guys from? Oh, we said we're from England. An elderly lady. Are you all married? We said, yes, we're all married. Oh, I would have loved my daughter to go with one of you. We said, oh, too late. You know? And she said she's from Cornwall. Oh, that's good. We're from the same place. We're from England also. And she was so fascinated by what we're discussing. And we said, you can bring your chair closer. Have a chat with us. And I'm sure, I'm like 99% sure that that day, that lady touched something of God from our conversation. Because all we're discussing about is God. That is fellowship. It doesn't have to be going on holiday. It could be just working together. We have a walk today, by the way. Yeah? 
It could be just working together. It could just be a visit to a friend. I have a couple of friends that will meet at Costa Coffee to sit down and to discuss. Just have a chat. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And that is why I will not, not fault the Bible by saying what fellowship as righteousness with lawlessness. It's true. Because if I, if I stay with you for one hour and you have not done something that I can feel, you have not said something that glorifies me, I would like to come there again. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. I used to play football with some guys. And uh, their conduct on the field is a six-a-side or five-a-side, they call it. Their conduct there mm, is, not, is not so good. You know? And I'd say, um, guys, I'm sorry. I, I don't play football again. I stopped. You know? I resigned myself from football. So, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, look at that was very, very fascinating. It says, that which, that's Paul writing, and it says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Right? And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Our experiences, what we have touched, what we have seen, that we also present to you, so that you too, so that, look, it, Paul was, was talking about an horizontal relationship. You and I, I'm sharing with you, you're sharing with me. But look, don't be deceived. Our fellowship is not just there alone. It's with the Father, a vertical relationship. It's with the Father, so that both of us can come together and uh, get into the fellowship of the Father. And when I was reading this, I mean, while I was preparing for this, I was asking myself, why was he talking about you and I first? He should have given priority to God before me. But he says, look, look, that which we have touched and done is we are sharing with you so that you too may become part of the fellowship with the Father. And I thought about it. People will come in. People will come into your life from work. They see you. I've never seen the Holy Spirit running on the street to say, give your life to Christ before. No. They will see you. It's human being. They will see. When they see you, then they can touch the Father. They can see you first and then touch the Father. And therefore, that means the onus is on us. If we're going to have fun and have fellowship together, then we have a responsibility because it starts with us. Second Corinthians chapter 8. I took verse 1 to 5, but I want to focus on what happened. This was um, 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 Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. 
In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently, and the version says, they fervently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. Now look, these guys were not just giving. They were begging the apostles, look, please, let us be part of what you're doing. Let us be part of your fellowship. Let us be useful to what you're doing. And that is the heart we should have. Are you part of what the next person to you is doing? In the household of God, are you thinking of how you can be part of the fellowship? We're going into a new, into a new community group because we are a community of believers. We are a community of believers. Before we go out to the community outside, in here is a community of believers. And um, we were going into life group, into the missionary group and the equipping group. Are you thinking, where do I fall in in this place? Are you thinking already, what do I bring to the table when I get there? This is where I think I'm going to stay for this season. But what do I bring on the table? Because, look, that is how we do life in God. And, um, oh, the slide is not moving. The slide needs to be moving. We've gone past that. Wow, okay. Let me talk a bit about that. The other part of fellowshipping is actually um, one anothering. And uh, the Bible spoke a lot about that. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. The verses are there. Accept one another. Serve one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. I like the last one, love one another. You see, when we look at that last one, in 1 John 4, from 7, it says, uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. It says, He that loves not does not know God, because God is love. It says, love one another. I was, I was, some few years ago, there was, there was that thing about a sister that came to uh, report another sister. And after saying everything she was going to say, I, I, mean, I, was, I was quite a funny guy. And after saying everything she was going to say about this other person, um, because I was, I was the leader of that team, and uh, I asked the question, are you offended? Are you offended? He said, no, I'm not offended, but now I will just have to keep to myself. Oh, that means you're offended. No, I'm not offended. I just know where, where to stop. <laughs> that means you're offended. But that's the way we behave, we behave in the household of God. Because Pete offends me, I can't box him because we're in church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're in church. I can't box him. And I'll just say, okay, just stay, on, just stay on your side. 
That's the mark. I stay here, you stay there. No. Fellowshipping is not like that. Even in the offense, the Bible says, I mean, that person says, okay, well, how long should I stay before I retaliate for what, for what my, my, my friend does? Seven times. 70 times, seven times. And that means, look, forever, don't take the offense. In our last church, somebody offended somebody. They said I offended them and, and, uh, and, uh, and um, they didn't tell me what I did. They went to the pastor to go and tell the pastor what I did. And the pastor said, have you spoken to him? He said, no, I won't waste my time talking to him. The pastor now opened the Bible and says, look, the Bible says when a brother offends you, the first level is to go and talk to him. If he doesn't listen, then you take a brother along to go and talk to him. Have you done that? He says, no. And I want to tell you something. Um, our faith, my wife was telling me this yesterday about the meeting they did yesterday, a very brilliant one. And she said, the speaker said, your faith is personal, not private. I said, wow, I have something in my notes. Let me just add that to, that, to, to it. Because I was saying that your faith in Christ is individual. But your life is Christ in Christ is not designed to be in isolation. Your faith in Christ may be individual. Yeah, we all, I don't know when I came to Christ. I don't know when you came to Christ. But your life in Christ is, not, is never meant to be in isolation. And isolation is always the case where the devil wants to punish you. It takes you away from where people can save you. I can tell you one million and one things about that. Look at Jonah. Jonah, Nineveh is your destination. He ran away from going to Nineveh and he was in the ship, going somewhere else, opposite. Then he got into the belly of the fish at the end of the day. So devil is, that's, the, that's the tactics of the devil. When you are in isolation, it's for the devil to deal with you. Take that, Dave. Don't take another thing. Where you run away, look, if anything goes wrong, run into God. Don't run away from him. Because that is, you're running into the devil. Devil will always make you isolated in a place where nobody will see you. Then he will deal with you in that place. And I'll tell you something today, from my own experience, the fun is always in the fellowship. The fun is always in the fellowship. Yeah. And that is as described in the scripture, that God is faithful by whom you are called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What were you called to? A group, a movement? No. We have been called into a life in God. And how do you now walk in that life? You have to stay in fellowship. You have to stay as being part of the body of believers. And um, we can see this in the life of Jesus. For instance, you see Jesus going to the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Because the sister of Lazarus said, look, if you have been here, Jesus... My brother would not have died. If he had been here, he wouldn't have died. What does he go there to do? 
He goes there to fellowship with them. Then we saw the miracle he did. He went to the tomb. The man has been dead, has been dead for four days. Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says the man who has been dead for four days came out. In the house of Zacchaeus, Jesus was there, fellowshiping with him. Among his disciples, the Bible says, Jesus will withdraw into the mountains with his disciples. What are they doing there? They were fellowshipping. Maybe they are praying together. Maybe he's teaching them the word. Maybe they are sharing from the scriptures. Jesus is always fellowshipping. Even in the feeding of the 5,000, he was teaching them. And he said, what will these people eat? He said, that's your own ministry. You go look for the food. They got the boy with uh, the food. And he fed them. There is food in fellowshipping also. Food is part of fellowshipping. Even when he was traveling, he was going, and the Bible says it was, it was in the multitude. The multitude followed him. Then that woman touched the M of his garment. The woman with the issue of blood. That's the part of fellowshipping. When we break bread together, this is not meant to be only in church. I had a woman I was, I was, I was uh, before she passed away, she said she wants to take the bread and the wine. So we took the bread and the wine to her in the hospital and administered bread and wine in the hospital, on our hospital bed. So the life of God is always there at all times in fellowshipping. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 40 says, Fellowshipping with God and with one another really are just two great commandments. It says, love your God. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. So that the aim of the, of, of, of the Bible is to, the, the aim of that commandment, that's the greatest commandment, is to help us glorify God. It says, love the Lord your God. And then love your neighbor as yourself. It's a connection. It's a fuse to allow us to appreciate God. I would like us to quickly jump into the benefits of, of fellowshipping. The benefit of fellowshipping. I can't find it again in my notes. Got it. Oh, thank you. I wrote that there is a command from God. That's the first thing. Fellowshipping is a command from God. And that means if God commands you and you don't obey, it's a sin. It's a sin. The Bible says, do not abandon the fellowship of the 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 saints. It's a command from God. And when God was talking to Peter, he says, Peter. And uh, Peter said, yes. And he called him again. And again. He says, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. That means it's very important to, to Jesus 
that the sheep are taken care of. You know, and Peter was going to, was going to say, look, I mean, what is this all about? Says Peter, feed my sheep. And um, fellowshipping is a command from God, and it brings about the truth. It brings about the truth. Oh, the first thing is, it is a place to grow. When you fellowship, you grow. I just stood up by and experienced my friends. You know, I've picked up so many things from these guys. In fact, if I'm, if I'm going to pay to continue to be their friend, I'll pay. I picked up a lot from them. It's a place to grow. It's about, I mean, it brings out the truth because you're not of your own. We belong to God. And saying that, look, I'm, I'm, I'm my own man. No. When we are in fellowship, we, we defer to each other. Iron sharpens iron. That place where I'm blindsided, you can see. And you can say, look, okay, um, you need to look at this. Am I doing it with, with time? Okay. And um, it's a place to give and receive. Fellowshiping is not just about receiving. You give and you receive. It brings about good nutrition and nourishment. You study the world together. You live the life of God together. It's a place of building up. I tell you, at times, building up for my week takes me to just go to God before the week starts and say, God, you know very well I don't know what I'm doing. As I go there, just make a way for me. And it's a place of celebrating our heritage and uh, uh, celebration of our heritage and celebration of one another in Christ. And so I want us to close our eyes as we think about this. I'm going to stop here. I want us to close our eyes as we think about it. It's just a matter of asking yourself the question, am I getting enough of God? Am I getting all that God has brought into me? The blessing I should have gotten from this brother and that sister, am I unnessing them? Am I in the place where God wants me to be? How do I shape myself? How do I, how do I restructure myself? In the new season, as we go into a new group, how do I restructure myself? Am I a blessing to anybody at all? Am I committed to anything at all? Because if we are in fellowship, being in Christ is a pleasure, not a pressure. Am I still excited about my Savior? 